welcome to episode number four of the Signal Integrity Journal Fundamentals Podcast. I'm Eric Bogatin, Signal Integrity Journal Technical Editor, and today I'm speaking with Al Neves, who's the president and founder of Wild River Technologies. And I'm so lucky to have this time with you, Al, because I know I've been competing against your wonderful trout fishing that, that you, you spend a lot of time doing. So thank you for uh, letting the fish take a break here so we can have a chance to chat. Thank you, Eric. I thought I, I I thought I was the lucky one having time with with you. I want to hear about uh, a little bit more about the big picture about your company, Wild River Technologies. Great name. What do you guys do? Uh, the core of our business is signal integrity. Uh, you know, we often go off into different Fourier's. We'll do system level design. We've even done some mechanical stuff. Um, Half of our business is service, where we design custom test fixtures and channel modeling platforms. Uh, and the other half of our business is standard products. Uh, the standard products has done quite well in the last year. So the standard products are test fixtures for, we have a new USB 4 test fixture. Um, we just finished a, I know you'll probably want to talk about that later, but uh, we're working on 70, 90 gigahertz test wow. fixtures. And and so when you talk about like a USB 4 test fixture, is is that just um, uh, like a a breakout board for cables to um, uh, to coax connectors? What do you mean a test fixture? Uh, it's 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 for testing the fine the USB A4 uh, for reach. Uh, so it's a very pristine loss platform. Um, and in conjunction with that, uh, we've figured out how to uh, meet the 347 femtosecond skew spec for cables. So we have a pretty complete solution. Uh, we worked with Teledyne LaCroix and um, they, 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 they sort of helped us define that. You know, they, they were the architect of, you know, they used their capital equipment and uh, uh, it didn't do very well, but we can't keep them in stock now because um, we're the only, we're the only company that makes a, a fixture and it's extremely high signal integrity quality right now. So for USB four silicon, we're, we're the only game in town. Wow. So let's talk about that for a second, because you guys just did um, a paper for SI journal about um, your intern and his experience testing these cables uh, with the test fixture to this 300 and some femtosecond of skew. That yeah. is an incredible number. So you guys are able to measure the relative skew between two cables to, to sub picosecond skew. Is that, is that right? I, I think so. <laughs> 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 I'm, I mean, I mean that yeah. that, and that's really what the spec is for USB four. Well, I don't, you know, the, we're a boutique. Uh, a boutique, you know, is, um, you know, our production is run by a retired engineer. So um, most of the cable companies build, you know, they've offshored their cables, and their production people who build the cables. So. Uh, our margins are probably not, you know, as as good as some of the big cable companies, um, but uh, we're able to focus very, you know, closely and, and have some tight manufacturing that you no would normally. And that's 
you know, without getting into the intellectual property and the details of, of how we do it, uh, you can do more with a boutique. You probably make less mm. money, but, uh, you know, your margins are not quite as good. But we, we, we use a V&A as part of the manufacturing process. And that's and that's the difference. And it turns out that we're about fifty to a uh, we're we're down to about a hundred femtoseconds approximately. We got about 50, 50 femtoseconds of repeatability, and um, we measure that using uh, group delay. Mm-hmm. So and uh, we and then each cable pair. And I don't mean to sound marketing. Uh, it's just it's just what we do. But each cable pair comes with a. Uh, you know, uh, 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 S parameters. So you can actually look at the group delay difference yourself and use those cables in a, in a system simulation. We think that's really important providing that, S parameters. That is remarkable. So, so you offer a matched pa- uh, pairs of cables with a skew that's in the a hundred, couple hundred femtosecond kind of range. Yes. Wow. Okay. And do you, so this is specifically for USB 4 applications, but it sounds like since they're just coax cables, any application that requires really tight skew between the two channels um, seems to be a, a good space for, for these kinds of cables. Yes, the, the phase stability of the cable um, uh, is really important. You know, you, you, you build a setup and you move the cables around. And as you move the jacket, you know, the cable around, mm-hmm. uh, the phase of the cables changes. So if you do a match cable that, uh, and that, and that changes a percentage of the initial skew. So if your initial skew is really low, um, then your, your, your phase change with bending. And that's really important in test and, and set up repeatability. You know, if I make a measurement on Monday, I want to make, you know, and reset things up on Wednesday, I want things to agree. And we believe that, uh, you know, we've built a beautiful test fixture. I mean, our test fixtures are, 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 are stellar signal integrity. It's what we do. I'm not, you know, trying to sound boastful or anything. It's, we've been doing it a long time. So you mentioned the um, test fixture for USB four. What other kind of, of standard products do you guys have? Well, we're hitting the four hundred, uh, the two hundred and four hundred G Ethernet marketplace uh, really hard uh, with inter symbol inter- interference platforms that uh, meet uh, Class A, the top tier of IEEE P three seventy, which I know you were heavily involved with and architected a lot of that that specification. Um, I'm working on a really, really cool new test fixture that, uh, is called the mode 112. It's a 70 gigahertz test fixture that creates moding and, uh, different types of moding and, uh, moding, uh, not just skew, but also strange types of SCD21 where your differential, uh, converts to common mode and, what, what folks are finding is, is that mode and skew um, have really bad impact on system performance. And um, the people that are working on these, you know, the high-end Ethernet specifications and so forth are trying to grapple with that right now. So we're going to try to provide a tool, uh, which is a mode platform, uh, to, to address that for, you know, for example, 56, 112, and then next year, 224 gigabit uh, Ethernet PAM4. Wow. 
Hey, let's talk about that for a minute, because I, you know, one of my graduate students is working on some projects related to, to mode. So when you talk about your uh, test platform that that is the this that looks at modes, this is a multi-layer circuit board, connectors on it, and you got a bunch of different test structures that illustrate some of the pathological design features that that contribute to mode conversion. Is that what yes. this is? Okay. And and so one of the the mode conversion issues is the differential single-ended from asymmetries. Do you look at any of the other modes, like you know, uh, transverse modes in spatially large transmission lines, or is it specifically looking at the differential common uh, mode conversion? Um, it's mostly differential common mode conversion. It's probably seventy percent. Um, an example of a, yeah. uh, but what they're finding is is not not just the the surties, um uh, has real big issues with mode. Okay. In fact, um, I'm learning about this right now where I'm, I'm not, you know, I used to be an expert at CERTES, but you know, now I'm, I'm, I've been working on test fixtures, but what they're finding is, is they're getting high levels of burst errors, which is really bad. And the DE, the DFE and all the equalization has a really hard time with moding, especially based upon what the power spectral density of the mode is. There's an unexpected. There's a lot of unexpected modes. We we think of moding our mode transformation. That's really the right you know versus mode. That's an unwanted mode, which you can actually get. We see a lot of mode issues. You know, say a 10 gigahertz mode issue where the tr uh, the, the system is moding because the stack up isn't built very well. Uh, and things aren't very well localized. So let me be clear, it's mode transformation. So you want all your energy in the forward direction. You want, so you, you want everything SDD21. You don't want anything reflected. That's SDD11, that's the reflected. It's that, you know, and that's that's kind of the, the basis for your signal integrity. But you also don't want your forward transmission uh, transforming into common mode. You want pure differential mode. So you get that from simple non-homogeneity and not laying things out or you know laying things out or you know uh, orthogonal to the weave, uh, poor weave, uh, you know non-homogeneous systems uh, that are not spread in the x and y. Those are pretty common, but you also have some unexpected. Uh, you know, for example, you can have vias that have come up from a reference plane that are from a power plane for decoupling that couple into your system that create asymmetry and moding. Now you got a strange mode. There's a whole host of unexpected moding issues that you have in systems that we're going to be employing on the test fixture. And right now we're working with a handful of industry leaders um, and they're providing ideas for us. So if anybody's listening to that, you know, one of the deals that we have is, is that if you, if you help us define this, you know, much of this work is, you know, good fractions work is you're kind of going into the unknown. You know, nobody's built a mode fixture that I know of. Mm -hmm. um, no, certainly no one's commercially sold it. Maybe there's internal versions. There's SKU fixtures, but I'm not really talking about just simple SKU. Isfan Novak and folks, when they were at Sun, wrote a, a really good design comp paper on, on SKU. And a lot of the systems are quite tolerant to, to SKU, uh, but they're not so tolerant to, you know, transformation. Um, with some strange spectral characteristics that you get uh, in, in unexpected modal, modal transformation systems.
So when you look for, is the problem you're seeing because you lose some of the SDD21, some of the differential signal, do you look at then the common signal, so an SD or SCD term um, in order to identify, oh yeah, we lost the energy in the differential signal and it went into the common signal that's being transmitted? Yes. The frequency so, domain, that's what we look uh -huh. at. Yes. Uh -huh. So, so other than skew, what's another example of how does a channel convert uh, some of the differential into common signal? What's, what are the other mechanisms that you guys are looking at in your test fixture? Um, we're looking at coupling and asymmetry in the system. Okay. So, and a lot of those structures uh, um, are also, uh, because you have uh, transmission that's not balanced in a system that you expect to be balanced, now you've also increased your crosstalk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, crosstalk and modal transformation, uh, you know, we're looking at the relationships between those. Um, I'm still in the, in the design phase of this, so I don't, you know, I don't want to overspeak. You know, I'm still working on and grappling with some of this. Uh, uh, people who are helping us uh, work on that are some really fine technologists from SAMTech, specifically like Scott McMorrow, SAMTech has been uh, suggesting suggesting structures and we'll, we'll be doing some collaborative work with some industry leaders, you know, especially people like uh, that are working on the, the advanced specifications. So our goal is to get something in to, for them to use as a tool to understand this problem. And then, you know, we'll hook up with a silicon, either IP or a silicon vendor. Well, it sounds like you have test fixtures that kind of pinpoint and, and, and isolate specific pathological problems that someone's going to encounter in some of these high-speed channels. Other than we talked about the, the mode uh, 112 and, and looking at mode conversion kind of problems. In some of the other test fixtures uh, or these uh, uh, test boards that you've developed, what are, what are some of the other test boards and the kind of pathological problems you've pinpointed and, and isolated in your boards? So uh, the test fixtures are split between serial link testing and uh, channel modeling platforms that are both custom and um, commercially available. And uh, uh, so I'll start with the, the channel modeling platform. So we, we came up with a new platform called the CMP50. It's a beautiful 50 gigahertz platform. Uh, it allows you to do advanced material identification in all dimensions. Um, uh, hopefully you'll ask me a question about material and loss modeling because that's a, that's a little prop there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're a director of a, of a high-speed design signal integrity group and John just showed up yesterday and he just came out with a fresh um, a master's degree from the Eric Bogatin uh, signal integrity program at the University so, of Colorado Boulder. Univer <laughs> University of Colorado Boulder. And, Operators are standing by. Sign up and, for our program. <laughs> and, you know, he shows up and, you know, he's, he's, he's all eager and everything. And one of the things that you can do is you can give him the CMP50 and say, hey, there's a VIA structure. On, there's a series of VIA structures. I, I would like for you to take um, CST or cadence clarity or H, uh, ANSYS HFSS, I'd like you to import that and compare your simulation results against the measurements that are provided. He doesn't have to build anything. He doesn't have to measure anything. 
Okay. And then you can also tell them, okay, there's a VNA. Uh, I know Eric and, you know, has taught you guys how to use a VNA and S parameter quality. I'd like you to also make measurements. So very short, shortcut way, testing and, and making sure that this person is not using a product, a project uh, for an actual product is hostage. Uh, I see this all the time, you know, customers, it's like, they're, they're not benchmarking their tool. They're not benchmarking how they set up the EDA tool. They're not benchmarking their measurements. Um, they're not doing careful material identification. They're just kind of plotting ahead and then they spin, spin, spin. We just designed a 70 gigahertz platform. That's the best signal integrity I've ever seen. We did it in one spin, mm-hmm. one spin. And the way we did that is, is we employed channel modeling methodology. So, you know, the new grad, the new person that works in your group, you know, he's instantly, you know, he may, uh, you know, he, he has an opportunity to test out his, his, you know, his, his prowess with using one of those tools and actually do that agnostic of an active project, mm-hmm. which I think is really important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know, this is a really important topic because we deal with it this in, in a lot of our project classes at CU, and I see this in industry, the, the phrase I always use is when, when you, you're a new engineer, you're doing this for the first time, you get thrown on a project, and you're trying to learn the tool, learn the measurements, learn the best practices while you're building the product. It's like learning to play the violin while you're giving a concert. It's, and it's not, it's not the person that you just hired from the Eric Bogan School of Signal Integrity. That's, it's not his, it's the leadership in the companies. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I hear this a lot. We don't have time for science experiments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and when I, when I hear that, uh, I, I just, you know, my respect for the leadership just kind of goes down dramatically. And so your CMP 50, for example, the, the 50 gigahertz platform, what you're doing is providing this training tool to help get engineers uh, familiar with the best design and best measurement and best analysis practices so that they have something where they know the answer, they can make sure they've got the right process in place to do the analysis of the design, and then they can apply that to the real product and get a better chance of success. Yes, it's a, it's, if you've played tennis, it's a ball machine. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it, you know, it's opportunity it, for practice. And it's a, it's a, you know, and that's the essence of engineering, solve a simple problem with, and then, and then solve another less simpler problem and solve a less simpler problem than that, then combine it with something else. It's, it's a design of experiments sort of methodology. So the part B of the, the answer to your question is we also have serial link products um, we just came out with a 70 gigahertz inter symbol interference platform. We have a crosstalk platform that works to 50. That'll be going to 70. Um, we, uh, so we have uh, those products uh, uh, as well. And then um, we're actually working on 90 gigahertz right now. So I, I, that's going to be r- really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, that's a, you know, 90 gigahertz, good signal integrity is, uh, so yeah. what, you know, while we're talking about that, so you got a, a platform at 50 gigahertz and, yes. and you're working on one at 90. What, what's an example of one of the new problems that you didn't have at 50, but uh-oh, suddenly you have to worry about at 90? 
Okay, so um, that's a really good question. You know, you know. Uh, so the the biggest problem that we're facing right now uh, um, is fabrication. Mm. I mean, if you're if you're you know, we're we're designing five five percent systems. If your automobile was five percent, it wouldn't start or run. I mean, ask General Motors with the, the, you know, the precision and the tolerance to the, to, you know, the piston rings in your engine. Mm -hmm. If you told them it was 5%, you turn the key and it wouldn't start, it it wouldn't move. What do you mean 5%? Is that the measurement simulation correlation or is that to a spec? What what do you mean by 5%? So the biggest, the biggest problem that we have achieving stellar signal integrity is the tolerance of the fabrication. That's the problem that we have right now. And okay, so I design a system that has, let's say, uh, it has, um, say, a simple strip line, six inch strip line. And I'm going to use a, a six inch and a two inch to do some material identification. Now, with blind via technology or micro vias, laser drilled vias, all the new technologies out, I can design almost a perfect launch. Okay. And a lot of people can. Uh, meaning that it, it, the launch is almost transparent. Uh, there's no reflection off of it. The connectors are really good these days. Um, the, uh, the launch going into the platform is, is we've, we've employed some tricks, uh, electromagnetic tricks, and uh, we've done really careful uh, material identification in the X, Y, and the Z direction, which is really important. When you think about it, it's, it's not just an X, Y, and it's, it's both an X, Y, and a Z problem okay and the dk changes considerably from x y and z so but then let's say i come out on the board and and and, uh i come out on the board and it's 43 or 44 ohms 46 ohms let's say i i wanted to you know i'm I'm two and a half ohms off for a five percent system if you if you you've already degraded your signal integrity by a considerable amount you can't get any better than the degradation you get from, from, from that. Okay. So right now we're working with fabricators to say, okay, you know, don't, one of the things that we're doing is, is don't, don't give us a controlled impedance board. Give us something that has a width that we define Hmm. and based, and then uh, based upon the cross-sectional analysis that we did. So we take, um, we, we take the, um, the role away from the fabricator as the signal integrity person mm-hmm. or engineer. I don't want them controlling my impedance. I want to dictate with based upon, so I want to get within one or two ohms of 50 or hundred ohm differential. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I want, I don't want, you know, 5%. And a lot of times they don't want to do 5% platforms because of some of the, you know, the multi-laminate technologies. So the fabricators are having a hard, a hard time meeting what we need. Um, we were having a problem about three years ago with simulation to measurement performance with time domain, uh, time domain impedance, but the simulator, the simulation packages have fixed some, some problems and our material identification in all dimensions, uh, X, Y, and Z has been captured very nicely. So now we're able to do much better design spatially through the printed circuit board. Um, and not limited like we were before. So right now um, we're, we're able to predict on an isola laminate material. Uh, uh, we, we're able to predict 
uh, of design within two ohms TDR. Hmm. Some time domain transformed of a VNA measurement to, um, to an actual simulation. And if you do this simulation and you do a, uh, you don't collect the material properties correctly, um, you're going to be off by about four to six ohms. Okay, so this gets back to your original teaser here that in order for you to the designer, the board designer, to take responsibility for the performance, you have to know the material properties and the dimensions or the capability of your fab shop before you give them the design. So how do you get that information accurate enough to get your your 5% tolerance? So um, a good friend of mine and a very good engineer is Travis Ellis. And he had a comment that I'm going to steal. He said, if you want to do 56 gig PAM4 today, you should have started to work on it three years ago. Mm. You know, uh, again, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, about about a a good portion of the signal integrity problems corporations have is, is because their management doesn't understand the problem. They don't understand how to capitalize the capital equipment. They don't understand the challenges. They don't understand um, the, 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 the intense uh, work that you need to do, you know. And when I was young and in really in fit shape, I was a bike racer. I bicycle raced during my, my 20s and 30s in the, in the Bay Area, California. And when I started, the, the, the coach says, you know, I, I was training hard for two years and, you know, he says, well, you're, you're getting just ready to train. And I says, what do you mean? He says, he says, it takes two years of work just to start to train, to become a bike racer. You don't start on day one. You need to get in good enough shape to actually start the real training. And that's kind of way it is. Uh, and, 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 and what I call extreme signal integrity. Okay. Uh, extreme signal integrity is, is, you want to achieve top tier IEEE P370. And you want to do that on the first spin. Okay. And the way to do that is, you know, you've invested very heavily in the front end. You've built a custom channel modeling platform. You understand how to design with that laminate system. You have a library of those elements. Your engineers are, they got high confidence design methodology. Uh, They know how to make really good measurements and you have control uh, with super coupons with your fabricator. So you know what mm. the fabricator is doing, you know how to make measurements and so forth. You got control over every facet of, of that design process. So, so you're saying before you start the design, you have to have done a lot of legwork with the fab shop with test vehicles to really have their process characterized, to know their material properties and what they can fabricate. Yes. Uh, what's helped us a lot, okay, uh, and I can't understate this, is a close relationship with the laminate company mm-hmm. and the fabricator. Um, we routinely have meetings with laminate comp- the laminate company, Isola. Uh, we like Isola because they, they, they have a, a very tight focus on the signal integrity marketplace. And, you know, they're not just giving it voice and, and, you know, uh, what they're doing is they're actually, you know, hiring expensive people and buying equipment and doing a lot of work for, uh, to meet signal integrity. The other important thing is, is, is that to get that one spin top tier, you want to get, you know, you want to load the bases to get a home run, right? So the way you do that is you want good DK and loss tangent numbers as close as, as you can get for your first design. 
the Bereskin method um, that uh, Isola uh, utilizes for doing material identification is actually pretty good. And then what we do is we take those numbers and we, and we tweak those numbers uh, uh, a little bit based upon some of the work that uh, Bert Simanovich has done, where he looks at, you know, how does DK change with copper? You know, what's the copper treatment? What's the oxide treatment? What type of copper are you using? Uh, we really like his approach because before you fabricate something, it really pushes you to collect an entire library of what's going on in your system. Mm -hmm. So it enforces. And so we worked with him pretty heavily this, this last year and we like what he has done. So just as a quick plug here. So actually Bert was my first guest on our podcast episode number one, exactly about that topic of, of how, um, you know, just, uh, doing a DK measurement by itself isn't isn't enough. You got to analyze the impact of the copper roughness and copper surface texture. So very very good point. Let's continue this discussion about the the work you've been doing. So you said in order to get that that extreme signal integrity capability, that the one spin top tier capability, you have to have a tight relationship between the laminate vendor, the fab vendor. And, and, and of course the designer. So you guys have established that relationship. Is that one of your value adds then when you consult for a company that wants to build a PAM 456 gig system, you leverage that relationship that you have to help the OEM get up to speed through this process? Yes, uh, I'll give you a specific example. Uh, a big mill aerospace company says, hey, we'd like for you to, we, we want to recruit you to build a custom channel modeling platform for, you know, 30 or 40 structures uh, that are optimized so that our engineers can feed off of that library for a three or four year time frame. Okay. So what we do is, is we kind of create something with uh, one of the top tier fabricators. And we got a sort of an idea of how many layers we want based on functionality. We set up a meeting with Isola and they, you know, it, it takes, it takes a village to build extreme <laughs> signal integrity. Uh, you know, we'll have a meeting with Michael Gay and Doug Trubod and they have a, a, a new signal integrity and she are uh, one or two new signal integrity people that help us and their name escapes me. So I apologize for that, but they help us. And what they do is saying, well, you know, this is, this is what you want to build. This has been working really well. Uh, this particular fabricator really excels at that because, you know, they have equipment that lends to it. They, they kind of give us the inside track of how to build a better stack up. Usually the stack up we have is, is pretty close, but they'll get it. They'll get us a little bit more confidence in the process. And then, then we work really closely uh, with the fabricator uh, and in, in terms of what they're able to do. And then when we build something, uh, we go back to the fabricator and say, Hey, this isn't good enough. This, I mean, we're, we have a meeting at 11 o'clock where we're going to talk to a fabricator and say, you gave us this, this isn't good enough. Now they've met their contractual obligation with us. But a contractual obligation of a 5 or 10% uh, impedance tolerance is not top tier IEEE P370. So we're going to explore avenues to do better. Did I answer your question? Yeah. So oh, um, it, it sounds like, you know, the, the main thing, you know, I love your phrase here, it takes a village to build extreme signal integrity systems. 
Um, and what you're saying is that, um, you know, a couple of messages. One is uh, it's a lot more than just uh, using the old methods of, yeah, design the board, you, you pick a vendor, you send it out and you measure what you get back. Uh, you know, as I always quote, quote Dave Dunham, he says at 28 gigabits per second, everything matters. And it sounds like as you get into the 50 and 70 gigahertz kind of systems, it's not just everything, but it's that close relationship with all the players in the in the food chain from the laminate fab and the and the design side. And it sounds like you got to have a, a closed loop between the process that you use in designing the the product, the simulation tools you use, the measurement tools to validate the stuff you get back. So that, that's what I mean by it takes a village. It's more than just you know one engineer sitting in the back room doing these boards. Um, it's a whole community uh, in order to get the design right the first time. Well, the other perspective that we have is um, the stellar or extreme signal integrity. Extreme signal integ integrity is foundational. Uh, you know, okay, I have 12 engineers that work in my group, let's say, do all of them know rule number nine? <laughs> and I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> do all of them know? I mean, how good are yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, you know, I hear these managers say, oh, all of my engineers are really good. Some of them are really good at this and some of them are really good at that. And, you know, it, it, every company has what I call the inventor. The inventor is not a good guy to do layout reviews because he's an inventor. Now, sometimes inventors are really good at the details. I'm an inventor. I'm not a detail guy. Uh, we have people that do layout reviews. They're very, very good at it. If I ask them to, you know, hey, come up with a new product idea that we can make a lot of money at, they just like, they, <laughs> they, they, they right. They, Everybody's got their strength and you got to understand what yours is and, and yeah. leverage and, and use that. Well, hey, Al, thanks so much for your time today. We've run out of time. I hear those trout are biting over there. So you're going to want to. <laughs> Uh, head over there after your meetings today <laughs> have a great time on the river uh, and uh hey thank you so much and and you know it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is really helping the industry accelerate up that learning curve and uh and kind of teaching the methods that you have found to be successful to get that that uh, uh first first spin top tier uh boards out so I, I think uh, the, the efforts that you've been putting in to help the industry are commendable. Uh, and I hope there will be opportunities for us to work together because uh, we have a, a lot of lot of interests in common here. Well, so, I, don't, I don't think anybody that I know of has done more for uh, worked harder. I mean, you're in the top five in, in the world right now. So <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that accolade back at you. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll give you that five bucks that I owe you for that plug uh, when I see you uh, next time, maybe at DesignCon or one of the other events. I uh, hope we're able to get together in person sometime soon. Thank you for this opportunity, Eric. I always value in working with you, and it's also <laughs> a very enjoyable. Okay. Hey, Al, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in on our conversation here with uh, Al Nabs from uh, Wild River Technologies. Uh, please also check out the other podcasts that we have. Uh, you can uh, find them all at podcast.signalintegrityjournal.com. And this is the fourth edition of the Signal Integrity Fundamentals podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and look forward to having you join us in future podcasts. Bye-bye.